All right. You see by the clock on the wall that it's getting late. And it says, Pastor put in the bulletin two whole chapters of the Bible. The roast is going to burn. <laughs> but no, I'm not going to read both chapters, but I'm going to refer to them. Uh, we are finishing up the Gospel of Mark today. The all-important Gospel of Mark, believed to be the first one written, the first Gospel written, written for people who many of them, most of them did not know Jesus and never met him personally. But the world was going crazy and those who had been with Jesus and their, their disciples wanted to preserve forever the experience of Jesus. So this first gospel was written to tell people the story so they could believe as well. And of course, the story almost ends with Jesus' torture and death. And that's chapter 15 here where Jesus is before Pilate he, he refuses to save himself. He could just say a few words denying that he was a traitorous person trying to be the Messiah, trying to be a revolutionary, trying to be king. A couple of words out of Jesus' mouth and he goes free. He walks. But he doesn't do that. He, he just follows it through to the end. He doesn't deny himself. Pilate tries to bail him out anyway realizing he shouldn't be put to death. It's a special day where they can pick one person to go free. But the high priests, God help us, the most religious people of the day, want him dead. And so they get a murderer, Barabbas, set free instead. And Jesus is going to die. I wonder how it felt to be Barabbas after that. You ever think about that? Man, to know you deserved the punishment that was coming and you got let off while the Messiah was killed in your stead. And then the soldiers mock Jesus. They torture him. They compel him to carry his cross. They have Simon of Cyrene come in and carry the cross partway for him. He is crucified. He dies. And that's where we'll pick it up at verse 42. When evening had come, and since it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. That's extremely bold. Because this man has just been executed as a revolutionary, and you're going to go through the Roman garrison to get to the head guy and say, oh, I want his body, I'm a follower. That's extremely bold. And he did it. And he got Jesus' body. Then Pilate wondered if he were already dead, and summoning the centurion, he asked him whether Jesus had been dead for some time. When he learned from the centurion that he was dead, then Pilate granted the body to Joseph. Joseph bought a linen cloth, and taking down the body, wrapped it in the linen cloth, and laid it in a tomb that had been hewn out of the rock. He then rolled a stone against the door of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of, jo of Josie's, that's a new name, saw where the body was laid. Okay, so when the Sabbath was over, chapter 16, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. 
as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Is all this familiar to you? But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. And next comes, any of you have your Bibles open there? You see what it says there? The shorter ending of Mark, and then the longer ending of Mark. It's like you get to choose which ending you want. I'm choosing the shorter ending of Mark because in the longer ending, they talk about handling snakes and doing stuff that those churches down in West Virginia do. Yeah, we're going to avoid that. And we're going to read the shorter ending of Mark, which says, And all that had been commanded them, they told briefly to those around Peter. And listen to this very carefully. This is a very... Now, for scholars, you typically go with the shorter over the longer. Because back in the day before printing press, you were far more likely to add verbiage to a sacred text than you were to take your editing pencil to it and cut it. So the shorter ending is more likely the way Mark originally ended. If this gives you a headache when you think of the Bible and not knowing, if you're coming to this church, you know to get used to it. Because that's the way it is, ladies and gentlemen. That's the way it is. This is the way the Gospel of Mark most likely ended. And afterward, Jesus himself sent out through them from east to west the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. Jesus himself sent out through them from east to west, and we can assume from north to south, the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. Boom. Shorter ending. It's over. So, rally round, rally day, rally. I don't mean rally like turn your cap sideways, pick up your rally monkey, swing your rally towel. No, we're talking about the impulse behind that. It is the impulse to rally round, to rally together, to come together, to circle the wagons. Rally day could be the day we find out we aren't all dead because there was no one here all summer. But we're going deeper than that. Rally day is the day when we all come back together and re-pledge our cooperation. Cooperation. That's the bottom line. In our gospel today, which ends the story of Jesus' life before the story of the apostles and disciples begins. In our story that ends the life of Jesus here on earth, the last thing he does is go out through his disciples. He goes out through his disciples, out into the world. Cooperation. Everything he preached in his time here was cooperation. The Ten Commandments, every one of them is about cooperation. Think about it. We cooperate with our God. We have no other gods. We cooperate with our family. We honor our parents. We cooperate with each other. We don't with each other's spouses. We don't steal from each other. And we don't look over our neighbor's fence saying, I wish I had that. The entire Bible is all about human beings cooperating rather than competing. 
It's what it's all about. For those of you in here who are sports people, I'll take soccer, for example, or lacrosse, or football. For those Europeans who like soccer, or football. For those Americans who like football. It's a competition, right? But who wins? The ones who cooperate the best. The ones who cooperate the best. I was watching the boys' varsity soccer team the other day, and I noticed something funny. No one was dribbling. Everyone was one-touching. They knew where everyone else was on the field. And bing, 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 the ball was going. Everyone was cooperating. It's all about cooperation. For you evolutionists in the room, I'm one too. Charles Darwin, The Descent of Man, his book, The Descent of Man, Survival of the Fittest, he said that twice in the entire book, which is like this thick. He said it twice. Love, 95 times. It's all about cooperation. A herd of deer. Say there's a hundred deer. Scientists through observation have learned this. Sure, there's an alpha deer. There's a buck there who's going to say what goes, right? Two watering holes. Alpha buck says, well, we're going to this watering hole. Other deer will look at each watering hole as soon as 51, as soon as a simple majority zeroes in on another watering hole, the whole herd turns that way. There's some kind of connection there among the animals, some kind of connection that turns them all together, built for cooperation. Around the world, there are 65 random generating computers, random number generating computers, all in this program that scientists have had going for years and years. 65 of them scattered throughout the world. The random generating program is just that. It is a program that just spits out numbers. It's like flipping a coin over and over again, only you have, you have 10 possible digits instead of just two possible outcomes. And these computers are spitting out digits. Scientists observed a few times a computer or two suddenly spitting out patterns instead of randomness. This is unheard of. It coincided with moments of deep shared emotional outpouring in that region. The moment that was the biggest generating of patterns instead of randomness was 9-11-2001 in the United States. Something in what we were feeling together was in the very air, was in everything, was in existence. And these computers started to spit out patterns instead of just numbers. We are, my friends, interconnected completely and totally. And our existence is shared completely and totally. And life is about cooperation completely and totally. And we get together here and people get together elsewhere for that very reason. Cooperation. Tell Congress. Tell Congress. Well, there's a perfect example. The perfect example. I try very hard not to get political. But did you see what has happened with Syria? Do you see the great hope for humanity? We were going to bomb the daylights through drone strikes, as we know, they're always accurate and never kill anyone innocent. We were going to bomb the daylights out of them, right? That's what we were going to do. A bunch of people got on the internet in merry old England, and they all reached their representatives, and they all convinced their representatives, if you don't say no, 
you will no longer be our representative. And they turned around to David Cameron and they said, no. Same thing happened in other countries. Same thing happened in this country. No, we said, no. We are tired of war. We are tired of bombing and killing. We are tired of competing when we should be cooperating. No. And lo and behold, of all people, Putin <laughs> climbs his bare chest off his horse and cooperates with the United States. And it looks like there might be a situation where we have a solution that doesn't involve blowing people up. In a region of the world where that's tradition, cooperation. It's like the entire human race sat up and said, no! Horton hears a who. That last little who with their yip. Put it over the edge. Rally day today. Our confirmation is joining our church today. It's rallying round. It's all about cooperation. My time is finished here. But I want to remind you of this. Today, there is a young bride. There is a young bride who is going to have the day of her life. And our dear friend who is going to sing for us is going to sing and play for her instead. And her joy and her happiness is a direct result of the kind of spirit and outlook all of you have and filled me with that I could turn to someone the night before he's to play in our church and say, no, you go do the right thing. Y'all cooperated. In a few hours, maybe one hour, as she's dancing, dance with her father, as she's going down the aisle, as she's going back up the aisle, as she's smiling, and for years to come, for the rest of her life, as she thinks back on this day, all of you are there in spirit. And all of you have been a part of it. Can I get an amen? amen. That's the best you can do. <laughs> Perhaps I should have preached a little more stirringly. Wait, 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 wait. Let me see if I can do this. I'm turning off the mic. Can I get an amen? Do I really have to do that? It was entertaining. All right. There, I got my amen. Look, you are connected to everyone around you. You are connected to everyone not around you. You're connected to different species. You are connected to this earth. You are built out of stuff from stars. We all are. We are all part of this great weaving that God gave us. And when we rally round, we rally round together. All of us. The thing you do in private goes out to everybody in public. They don't know what you've done, but the ripples, the ripples go out. And the things you do in public can inspire and uplift and change the world. Rally around that. Let's change the world. And welcome confirmands. Amen. <laughs>